You are listening to The Cash Flush, a programmer's audio scrapbook by myself, Avdi Grimm, and occasionally some of my friends. It is Tuesday, April 28th, 2020, and here's what's in the cash this week. Here's a note from Reactive Design Patterns. So, in general, I um, I am of the philosophy that it's easier to start with a monolithic application and identify needs for splitting out functionality into services as as they come up. And I think that's kind of the conventional wisdom. Um, I think some people like Martin Fowler have written stuff about that. Um, however, um, I don't think I don't think reactive design patterns is necessarily making an argument against that, but it does bring up an interesting point, which is that when you have all of your functionality together, if you if you have a module, a service which turns out to be too coarse grained, it has stuff going on inside it which belongs separately. Uh, maybe it needs two separate teams working on it. Um, Splitting that out is going to be really, really painful because you're going to have all these implicit dependencies. Um, Teasing it out is just a very difficult job. On the flip side, if you have two services that are well encapsulated, but you discover that really they belong together because their their data seems to be changing together all the time, Uh, you find yourself writing a lot of sagas to coordinate rights to both services in a in a vaguely like simulated transactional way it's a lot easier to put them together than it is to tease them apart because you know if they're separate you already have well-defined boundaries between them you have nice apis well at least you have apis um putting together is easier than teasing apart which is an interesting argument for starting services earlier than I might normally think to. That one has given me some food for thought. For this book note on domain-driven design, I just want to read a selection here without commentary because I think it's really good. It's a section called Scrutinize Awkwardness. And Eric Evans says, The concept you need is not always floating on the surface, emerging in conversations or documents. You may have to dig and invent. The place to dig is the most awkward part of your design. The place where procedures are doing complicated things that are hard to explain. The place where every new requirement seems to add complexity. Sometimes it can be hard to recognize that there even is a missing concept. You may have objects doing all the work, but find some of the responsibilities awkward. Or, if you do realize something is missing, a model solution may elude you. Now you have to actively engage the domain experts in the search. If you are lucky, they may enjoy playing with ideas and experimenting with the model. If you are not that lucky, you and your fellow developers will have to come up with the ideas using the domain expert as a validator, watching for discomfort or recognition on his or her face. Recently, I was on a panel for an episode of the Greater Than Code podcast. We had Emily Robinson on as our guest, and one of the things that she talked about was how 
um, there's a big focus on the importance of mentorship in, um, in the tech field. And mentorship is important, she pointed out, but like a lot of times sponsorship is more important than mentorship. Sponsorship meaning not so much teaching somebody, um, but making sure that they meet the right people, making sure they get recommended for the right conferences, um, just making sure that they have the opportunities they need to live up to their strengths. And that really struck me. Um, I think it's a great point, but um, it also struck me that I think the focus on mentorship partly flows out of the obsession with meritocracy that we have in the tech field. Because if you believe that success in our industry actually comes from just knowing the most things and having the most skill, um, you know, if you believe in the myth of meritocracy, then you will, of course, think that the most important thing you can do for someone to help them get ahead is, you know, to teach them everything you know. Um, but that's not true. That's not how we get ahead in our industry. Um, that's just a fairy tale that we like to tell ourselves. The truth is, it's a social industry like anything else. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a flaw. Um, but it does mean that it's often as important, if not more important, uh, to help make sure that people have, like I said, the opportunities that they need. They meet the right people. They get recommended for the right things. Um, we tell them about the right communities. Um, you know, how many, how many random slacks are you a member of that are some subgroup of your, you know, that aren't for work, but there's some subgroup of your technical peers. Who do you know that's, that is, um, you know, more junior than you that could benefit from being in one of those slacks and being exposed to the people that are there? These are the kinds of things that can really make the difference in a career and really get someone ahead. I mean, I've experienced this myself so much. So much of, of the things that have worked out well for me involved who I met at conferences, who people introduced me to, um, these private slacks that I've been invited to over the years and got to meet more people through those. So many things like this. So, yeah, sponsorship. Because we are not a meritocracy. Some domain-driven design book notes. Most of us learn at some point fairly early on in our object-oriented programming career that we're supposed to listen to the nouns that domain experts use in order to discover the objects in our domain. But then most of us go on and listen to experts say the words, the rule for this is, over and over again, and do we capture those as objects? No, we capture those as various, various bits of code inside of our methods for selecting objects or for determining if objects match a certain rule. The example he uses is um, whether something, whether an invoice is overdue, whether an invoice is delinquent. Delinquency is interesting because, because there might be more to it than just being overdue. Um, and what um, Evans points out is that these are things that can also be captured 
uh, in the domain model as objects in their own right, and that often simplifies the design a lot. Um, he particularly points out that uh, that objects that represent rules or, or predicates can be used for both uh, testing whether an object matches a criteria as well as filtering. Um, they can even they can even have some logic in them for helping a repository search a database for objects uh, or for records that match that criteria, and they can kind of work together in that way. Now he goes on to say that specification is that, oh sorry he calls these objects specification objects, and he goes on to say that specifications can also be used not just to test objects and filter objects, but also to build objects. But I haven't reached that section yet. Book notes for reactive design patterns. I'm in a section on test environment, and there's a piece here I'm going to I want to read because I think it's important. Many popular benchmarks in the development community are run on laptops, machines with limited resources with respect to number of cores, size of caches and memory, disk subsystems that do not perform data replication, and operating systems that do not match intended production deployments. A laptop is typically constructed with different design goals than a server class machine, leading to different performance characteristics, where some activities may be performed faster and others slower than on the final hardware. Although the laptop may have capabilities that exceed a specific server class machine and that make it perform better in certain situations, it likely will not represent the performance to be expected when the application reaches production. Basing decisions on the results of tests executed in such an environment may lead to poor decisions being made about how to improve the performance of an application. And that's it for the Cash Flush this week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, maybe leave a review. If you love the show, uh, you can support it by supporting me, Avdi Grimm, on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash A-V-D-I-G-R-I-M-M. You can also leave me a message or ask a question for me to address on the show. Just go to anchor.fm or grab the Anchor app for your phone and look up the cash flush. Once again, thanks for listening, and don't forget the flush.